Balance Ballerinas. I'm your host, Georgia Dostal, and this is the Balance Ballerinas podcast. This is the podcast where we chat mindset, self-development, the power of movement, nutrition, small business, goal setting, and of course, the power of ballet, and most importantly, finding balance within this beautiful art form. Most episodes contain a behind the scenes into my life as a soon-to-be mum running two businesses, GC Dance for school-age students and Balance Ballerinas for adult ballet students. I've also interviewed, if you're new around here, some pretty amazing guests, and it's my hope that these conversations help you strive for that balance between grit and grace that the magic of a regular ballet practice can bring to our daily lives. Every fortnight, this podcast is brought to you by Balance Ballerinas Academy, my in-person adult ballet classes and online courses. All links to my online courses and in-person classes can be found in the show notes of this episode or just head to balanceballerinas.com for further information about joining our really wonderful community. Now, today, um, as you would have seen, it's an Ask Me Anything and from the title, My Pregnancy Journey So Far, you will have clicked and I just want to discuss something before we get into today's episode. Pregnancy is an incredibly sensitive topic and I would know, just like most women and men, not because I've lost a baby or experienced infertility, but because of the many women in my life who I've witnessed go through really heartbreaking struggles. I also know because I've sat in the gynecologist, that word is so hard to say, (laughs) office. I've sat in her office before and I've been told to hurry up as my fertility is dropping. I've been told, Georgia, your business will be there forever, but a baby might not be. So I also know because my mom lost many babies before she had me, and I still see the sadness in her eyes whenever she talks about it. But honestly, if I'm being really honest with you, I actually used to feel slightly triggered by pregnancy announcements or conversations because I thought that I would experience the same difficulties as mum. I'd unconsciously made her story my story, but my thoughts and previous anxiety and moments of being triggered, they, they wouldn't even compare to those who have lost babies or who are trying to have a baby. So I just wanted to flag this episode as one that might perhaps conjure intense, you know, feelings of sadness or unfairness. And if that's the case, this episode is probably not for you. I think that pregnancy announcements and conversations, they're complicated because on one hand, there's many people in the BB community who want to know all about my pregnancy journey so far, as you'll see from the questions, but I can guarantee there's also some who are, and rightfully so, thinking, I don't want this conversation from you, Georgia, just stick to ballet. Let's talk about technique and goal setting. Um... And this kind of thought would be coming from a deep place of hurt that actually has nothing to do with me, but is completely understandable. But I guess the reason why I've ultimately chosen to do this episode is because A, it's a nice, neat space to pop the answers to all your questions. And B, I would love to listen back one day when I've forgotten all these little details that I'm going to share with you. Um, So for selfish reasons, I kind of want to document this strange but special time in my life. And I also think it's really difficult to navigate pregnancy when your job relies heavily on your body being your tool. So 
I'd love to share that journey so far with you. So I'm giving you the option now to either tune into another podcast, switch to one of the other over 100 episodes I've shared, or just simply wait for, you know, next fortnight's episode. And if it's okay with you, just let me have this one and answer honestly some questions that have been swirling around the BB community and indulge a little by doing this episode for me. And if you're one of the people who are tuning out, just know that like I am reaching through this microphone and giving you a very big hug. So with that being said, let's jump into the first question. Um, I'll give you a quick overview actually of the questions that I'm going to cover. So I've had, what advice do you have for continuing ballet classes whilst pregnant? Um, We have, how did you tell your dance community and when, how far along were you? I have, did you do any planning prior to falling pregnant? For example, organizing timetables and teachers must be difficult. (laughs) Um, Did you do anything prior to conception health-wise? And then what food guidelines have you been following? What food aversions have I been having? What cravings have I been having? What vitamins have I been taking? What lifestyle changes have I made? We're also going to talk about what maternity leave will look like. Um, That question is from a fellow small business owner. Hello, I see and feel you. (laughs) Um, And how I have felt about my body during pregnancy. So that is what we are covering today. So um, with that being said, um, I guess before we even begin, I should probably say just how pregnant I am at the moment of recording. So I'm currently 33 weeks, I think today actually, and by the time this episode drops, I'll be about 36 weeks. So just to give you an idea of where I'm at, I'm pretty pregnant. (laughs) He could essentially arrive any day now, I've been told. Anyway, so the first question, what advice do you have for continuing ballet classes whilst pregnant? So even before I fell pregnant, I was asked this question all the time because I've obviously had many adult students over the years who have navigated their ballet classes around pregnancy. And in witnessing everyone deal with it differently, I asked health professionals many years ago so I could provide a clear answer for my students. And obviously adult students. (laughs) And the answer is actually so simple. Whatever physical activity you were doing before, you're encouraged to continue doing it. It's important to not introduce new physical activity that your body isn't used to. For example, I don't run marathons. I actually don't even really run. So I would not fall pregnant and decide to start training for the Gold Coast Marathon. Yep. However, it's incredibly important to maintain physical health during pregnancy and stop doing certain movements just simply when they start feeling difficult or uncomfortable. So if you're doing ballet classes, for example, and you've been doing ballet your whole life and then you fall pregnant, continue doing your ballet classes. But Allegro might just feel a bit icky after a while. (laughs) Yes, and you might just feel a bit um, uncomfortable with it. So just stop. Yeah. So this is the advice that I give to my pregnant students and the advice that I've adhered to myself in the past 33 weeks. And it's in the initial stages of pregnancy. I actually asked a lot of fellow studio owners and teachers how long, because I was just curious how long they continued teaching. And the response was 
so varied with some teaching right up until they give birth. It was funny. There was a lot of dance teachers that I spoke to who they said as soon as they stopped teaching and went on maternity leave, thinking they would have two or three weeks to, you know, get the nursery ready and do all the nice things. Literally, their babies came the next day. It's like their body just knew you're done teaching now. It's time to have a baby. <laughs> um So, yeah, I just decided to go with the flow as much as possible in the hopes of teaching for as long as possible. And so far, that's working out pretty well. I definitely have a lighter teaching schedule this year. However, I do solidly move and dance Tuesday to Thursday with six hour teaching days. But I did say no this year to private lessons and big Saturdays, which always tip me over the edge mentally and physically, pregnant or not, if I'm honest. Um... If I was a teacher, I think, who just taught and didn't have to worry about, say, the behind the scenes of running a studio, I would be okay to do more than three solid days of teaching. But with all the other work that comes with owning a studio, um, my three big teaching days combined with some personal balletic movement on a Sunday has just been like a really good balance. And I really organized that last year in the very early stages of pregnancy when not even my mum, who is my business partner, knew. Um, But speaking of personal balletic movement, that's referring to class without me being the teacher. Like I do have my own consistent ballet practice. Um, It's only once a week. Uh, I do a lot of ballet. So for me, once a week is just very manageable. Early on, I found that if I didn't move my body with a good bar practice for even just 20 minutes on the weekend because I would go, if I didn't do that, I'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, where there's no balletic movement in my diet. Yes. And so my back would play up. And so as I've explained before, this is why I actually created Butter Ballet which is my six-week adult ballet course for prenatal healing or beginner students, which actually is pretty much everybody. But I basically created it for myself and I've been doing it on Sundays ever since. Just takes 20, 30 minutes and I'm done. I feel so much better. So my answer to this question is keep moving for a healthy pregnancy, but take it easy when you feel the need to and you know your body best. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. You just need to listen to your body. Um, I actually jumped into class when we had Rani Luther taking a workshop at the studio a few weeks ago and I actually felt really good. I even did a little petty allegro and the only thing that fell off, uh, well felt off, was the lack of breath that I'm just not used to having. Like I did allegro and I was like, oh my god. (laughs) And it just caught me, not during the exercise but as soon as I stopped, which was really funny caught me by surprise but besides cutting out some incredibly physical moves in like jazz and contemporary classes that I take for GC dance um, there's certainly no rolling through the splits or doing anything lying on my stomach that's for sure Um, I've been continuing mostly all my movement in the ballet classes that I teach with a little less jumping from around mid second trimester mark I'd say um But yeah, I hope that answers that question. Let's go on to the next one. So how did you tell your dance community and when, how far along were you? So, well, I was actually um, pregnant during the whole of term four in 2022 and I kept it a secret the entire time. In fact, as many of you know, mum is my business partner. We work side by side every single day. 
and I didn't even tell her. I just didn't want her to worry, especially as you now know with um, me sharing, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing that, that she lost a few babies before she had me. I didn't want mum to worry. Um, And I just thought, no, I'm just going to, we have a lot going on. We've got the concert. There's just too much she has to do in term four. She has a big term four and it's stressful enough as it is. So she didn't need a pregnant daughter (laughs) to worry about. And remarkably, I was really fortunate and I didn't have any morning sickness until, wait for it, the day after the concert. I had to come into the studio to supervise Harlequin relaying our studio flooring, which I've spoken about on the pod before. And I remember trying to respond to emails and just feeling really ill. The next moment, I had to grab the bin from under my desk and just threw up in it with the Harlequin team looking up up at me through the glass in the studio going, are you okay? Like, (laughs) um, this like spontaneous sort of morning, afternoon and evening sickness that literally started the day after the concert didn't stop for a whole two weeks, which annoyingly was actually during my honeymoon that we'd waited to go on until after the concert. Um, Welcome to life being married to a studio owner. And all the prepaid meals at Hamilton Island were almost a complete waste on me. We'd purchased this package because it was a little bit cheaper to have all our meals prepaid for. And it was basically completed complete waste on me. Anyway, <laughs> when we got back, I was 12 weeks and we went to mum and dad's house to give them a present. We said we bought them a present on our honeymoon. So they didn't really think anything of it. And it was a Christmas decoration um, because it's around Christmas time when we, when I was 12 weeks and mum loves Christmas. So we ordered a beautiful decoration that had baby Dostal coming 2023. And I have the cutest video of mum and dad with faces I'll never forget when they opened it. Mum had no idea and she was actually thrilled we'd waited to tell her because she would have stressed out all of term four if she knew and I'm so glad she said that because I was actually worried that she would have been upset that I didn't tell her so that all worked out beautifully but we then told the rest of our family and really just like enjoyed um, just surprising and telling family and friends all summer holidays Um, when the studio was closed. So I started getting a bit of a bump as holidays were ending. So a few days before we were due to go back, I popped up a post on social media and I think I announced it in the BB newsletter and podcast. I can't really remember um, what came first, but yeah, I just wanted to start the year with everybody knowing um, the news and give them a little bit of time to to think about it because it's been really funny. Like when I first got married, I had someone, I had a couple of people actually say to me, now, don't you go having a baby anytime soon? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a, that's a tricky thing to say to someone because, you know, when we, when we did get married, I was deep in the throes of um, gynecological appointments where they were telling me to hurry up. So you just never know what's going on in someone's life. So, you know, you've got to be careful about what you say. And so I didn't want anybody... Um, I needed to give them time to digest the information. I thought at the start of the year, that's a good time to do it, not spring them on 
spring it on them midway through the term. So, um, yeah, so that was really nice. But you know what? The absolute majority of people were absolutely thrilled and it was just, it was so lovely. It was kind of like when I got engaged, I was not expecting how excited everyone was for me and how loved I felt. And so that was just really, really nice. Um, And it was funny when there was a few parents of our GC dance students who came in and said to mum, about time, oh my gosh, you must be so excited. And I was like, mum, what have you been talking to people about? Like that you've been dying for another grandchild. (laughs) It's so, because these people were so excited and congratulating mum, which was so funny. Anyway, so that's how we told everybody. Now, next question, did you do any planning prior to falling pregnant? For example, organizing timetables and teachers must be difficult. Yes, it is. Um, To be honest, I've actually been trying to structure our timetable and stuff around the possibility of a baby coming along for the past probably three, maybe even five years. Um, It's a conversation that mum and I would have very, very often at least once a term, probably for the past five years. How am I going to fit a baby into this schedule that I have? And so I wanted to implement a timetable and incentivize casual staff to become long-term fixtures. So we had a few years of, you know, lots of consistency before a baby comes along. But of course, that never worked out. Um, after investing heavily in some staff, they had their own babies and never returned to work or even better, they started their own dance studio. So no matter how hard I tried the right fit for our studio, um, the right fit just never came along. And unfortunately, always happened after people would leave after I heavily invested in them and and their education and their further study, which was just great. Um, Welcome to owning your own business. But one of the best things to happen to our studio was my sister-in-law joining the team, uh, Miss Nikita. So being a family-run business, it was just a no-brainer and she is an absolute superstar at what she does. You may have seen Nikita and her adorable son, my nephew, Apollo, on my social media and she does just an incredible job of balancing casual work life with motherhood and it's also really beautiful just having family part of studio life. So... The next best thing to happen at the studio was actually the sale of another local studio last year. I know that sounds funny, but bear with me. The owner of the studio was retiring and her niece didn't want to take the studio over. Um, I'd actually admired this studio from afar. Their choreography at competitions was so creative and the students and teachers were so polite and well-groomed. So when one of my best friends... Um, Kate who owns Coastal Dance in Currumbin shout out to you I have you to thank for this she introduced me to the niece of this studio who was now not only looking for work but also looking for a studio to be part of in a big way which is exactly what I'd been after for years someone who didn't want to teach all over the place someone who wanted to be a big part and who was you know up to the standards that we hold here um, that wanted to be a big part of our studio. So it was a perfect match. And my new work wife, Meg, and I, yes, we met only six months ago. And the impact she's already had on our studio is just amazing. She is basically a second me, but doesn't enjoy the business side of things, which is perfect. Match made in heaven. Um, but yeah, I've worried for years about how I'm going to have a baby while owning a studio. 
I still worry. I'm like, oh God, like how am I going to fit all this in when he's here? Anyway, the business side, emails, marketing, socials, etc., is easier to navigate and doesn't scare me. Even on our, you know, even on your worst day, if one of those things needed attention, you can get it done at a strange hour of the day. But the actual teaching side of things, navigating teaching with a pregnancy, maintaining a strict schedule and showing up like, you know, if even if you feel like absolute rubbish, the actual birth part and how much time I would need off, it really, really worried me. But isn't it funny how the universe works? Like the universe delivered Meg my sister-in-law is a legend when it comes to GC dance socials and teaching. And for the first time, I felt like I could think about getting pregnant and then falling pregnant came so easy to me. Very, very fortunate there. But it's like my body just knew it was okay to step back because the studio at the towards the end of last year was just in such good hands. Um, And when it comes to stepping back, like I will obviously not be teaching for a period of time, but I will certainly be keeping up to date with the daily happenings, answering emails and navigating studio events. When you own your own business, full maternity leave, which we'll get into later, doesn't really exist, but I'm certainly implementing really solid plans. So I have the space to navigate postpartum life and getting to know this new little man that's going to be in my life, which is something that's... um, really important to me and I very much have prioritized. Uh, Let's go next question. So did you do anything prior to conception health-wise? I thought this was a good one. Um, A lot of people don't really talk about it. They talk about the food and all of that during pregnancy, but not so much beforehand. So when I was 28 years old, I had my AMH, anti-malarian hormone levels tested, and we weren't ready for a baby yet, but I just wanted to know all the facts and figures. It's very much like me, um, because I just truly believe knowledge is power. And I then had my AMH levels tested again when I was 30 years old. So only two, two I was going to say two days, two years later. Um... And they'd significantly dropped. So my levels had significantly dropped so much so that my gynecologist, oh my gosh, there's that word again, gynecologist (laughs) basically told me to get onto it. Now, I'm not going to share the exact numbers um, from those tests because I think that can lead to some dangerous comparisons. So, but they had, they had dropped. In regards to health and nutrition, Many years ago, I was actually listening to one of my favorite podcasts with a guest who specializes in fertility. And without going into too much detail, um, Dr. Cleopatra is her name. How's that for a name? And she gives women hope by speaking about the infertility myth. She actually doesn't believe in the word infertility. And she's also a huge advocate for what she calls the Primester Protocol, which is basically about priming your physical and mental health as you would if you were already pregnant. And I found this like really fascinating and it made just so much sense to me. So I'd say about six months before we decided to begin trying, I really cut out most alcohol and really knuckled down on fueling my body with the best foods and vitamins possible. And I'm not saying um, that it was a contributing factor to falling pregnant so fast, but I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt, right? (laughs) And um, a huge part of Dr. Cleopatra's philosophy is how we talk to ourselves. Um, I started repeating a simple but really beautiful mantra that made me feel just so full of hope, abundance and love. And I know it sounds I know it sounds really cheesy, but it was actually really 
it was quite a comforting practice. Um, I've been a bit lazy with it lately and I haven't been doing it. I probably should be. Um, but if you've done my 12 week adult ballet course, I actually shared with you what that exact mantra is. And now you know where that mantra comes from. I couldn't exactly share in the 12 week course that it was from my fertility journey. (laughs) Um, Now, what food guidelines have you been following and what food aversions have you been having? So that's the next question. I wish I could say that I've been eating a large variety of vegetables, including lots of leafy greens (laughs) that are an excellent source of folic acid. But I have barely in the first and second trimester wanted to touch a salad or eat anything raw. When I was about 12 weeks pregnant, um, when I was going through just like a two-week bout of constant morning sickness, I felt so bad about not being able to eat vegetables that I thought I'd try a fresh veggie juice. Five minutes after consuming, I had to pull a car over on the side of the road and I'd only drunk about half of it and I threw it all back up. Sorry if there's too much information. But the funny thing was the main ingredient was beetroot, which made it look like I was throwing up blood and there was some very... Um, very concerned passers-by. Anyway, I've luckily been able to eat lots of fresh fruit and sort of I aim for three pieces a day and no aversion, surprisingly, um, which I was warned about to lean meat or anything, chicken, eggs. um, And I've, I've been really thrilled about this. I've been able to continue having my meat, my chicken, my eggs and beans and legumes. Um, they've been going down well, which is awesome as they're an important source of protein. Uh, I've been turning to avocado. I seem to get that down fine. Nuts and seeds for my source of unsaturated oils. And adding flaxseed or hemp oil to my smoothies have been a real big winner. So my obstetrician also suggested incorporating psyllium husks um, to my cereal or to smoothies to aid digestion, which over the last month has really, really helped <laughs> as digestion has started to become a little bit more difficult and slow down but other than that the only other guideline I've been following is decreasing my caffeine intake which is now down to zero um, besides the odd cup of tea here and there I've always been a consistent coffee drinker and I've managed to just cut it out completely because I didn't really like any of the coffee alternatives or decaf um, I understand, I, like, let me just say, I understand it's completely safe to drink coffee throughout your pregnancy, but I just made a personal choice to not. Um, funny story for you, though. The first person before family, friends, or anyone else knew we were pregnant um, was the 12-year-old who takes my coffee order at my local called Dylan. Um, quick story about Dylan. He is adorable. He's saving for a house and he works solidly all weekend and he knows every customer's name and remembers their order and like he's just, he'll never listen to this podcast. So I'm not going to be like, shout out Dylan, but um, <laughs> he is just a legend. Like if I give birth to a child like Dylan, I will be very happy. Um, but about a week after discovering I was pregnant, I went to order my usual Saturday takeaway before heading to the studio. And when he asked me the usual Georgia, I actually panicked and I said, um, oh, oh, uh, decaf or maybe just a hot chocolate. Um, actually, no, just give me my usual. And he was so confused. He looked at me like, what is wrong with you woman? And I blurted out, oh, sorry, Dylan. Um, I'm pregnant. I just found out and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to have coffee. (laughs) So he was the very first person to know 
And when I was still going to get my coffee um, during that first trimester and then the occasional hot chocolate during my second, occasional, I'm lying, it's like all the time, um, he would be like, how long to go now? And like made a big deal of it. It was so cute. Anyway, so that's a funny story. Uh, What cravings have I been having? So I've been letting myself completely indulge, if I'm honest. Throughout the entire pregnancy, I've been craving ham and cheese croissants, uh, cinnamon donuts, like I said, hot chocolates, chocolate in general, lots of bread. We bought a toaster. I've never had a toaster before, so we bought a toaster. How is how good is jam and peanut butter on toast? Um, and most importantly, I've really just leaned into these cravings and never restricted myself during this time. Cravings-wise, um, a few strange things have happened. I never used to eat cheese because it's bad for my eczema and sensitive skin. Um, But I've wanted nothing else but toasted cheese sandwiches, croissants with cheese over my usual almond croissant order. Like it was funny. I usually get an almond croissant on a Friday and a Sunday, on a Friday when I go for a walk with Nana and on a Sunday when I go to the markets. And I wanted nothing to do with that sweet sugary almond croissant vibe. I actually just wanted plain cheese and ham like melted into it. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, like I just really enjoyed plain cheese and bickies. But I was talking to my naturopath about this and she said, calcium is actually essential in baby's bone development and you'll often crave what your body's lacking. So, I mean, perhaps I was lacking in calcium, which I wouldn't be surprised about. Um, And as a result, baby boy was obviously like, give me some cheese slices. (laughs) Anyway, besides that, I haven't really had any other cravings besides soft drink, which is so strange because I don't think I've drunk soft drinks since I was a child. And even then, it was very little. Mum would rarely let us have soft drink. If anything, we'd be lucky enough to get cordial. But soft drink is one of those things that I really put my foot down about. It's not um, on my list of healthy choices, but I've indulged here and there in a lemonade or lemon, lime and bitters. And I found that I've been making a slightly healthier version at home, which has helped with lemon, like fresh lemon and lime and the lemon and lime bitters cordial. Um, with just soda water does the trick that's pretty delicious so that's been curbing my soft drink obsession now what by next question what vitamins have you been taking so I'd love to tell everyone exactly what I'm taking but I think it's important that everyone visits their local health food store most have an in-house naturopath or a private naturopath to create a tailored approach for them um Then it's important to cross-check, this is really important, those vitamins that you're taking with your obstetrician and blood tests. So I've been really diligent about forming a team around me um, for this purpose, which consists of my acupuncturist, naturopath and obstetrician, and making sure that they're all on the same page with the same information has been key to ensuring that I just feel on top of everything. So What I will say is that I've been taking a really good prenatal vitamin from my nutritionist that covers all my bases, um, including folic acid, iodine, iron, magnesium, vitamin D and zinc. And I've really been ensuring that I take a probiotic with my smoothie because apparently probiotics, especially in the third trimester, aid with helping um, avoid the development of allergies in baby, apparently. Well, you know, can't hurt, right? So I'm giving it a go. 
I hope he doesn't get my eczema prone skin. That would be great. <laughs> um, and my naturopath is also about to add in a capsule that supports breastfeeding and postnatal depletion as I enter these later stages of pregnancy. So that I hope that answers. What vitamins have I been taking without, you know, going into brands or specific, specific, oh my gosh, specificities. Anyway, you know what I mean. Okay. What lifestyle changes have you made? Um, so I was so not prepared in the early stages of how tired I would feel in the first and second trimester, which was really tricky when no one actually knew I was pregnant during the first trimester. Usually I plan a little something on my Sundays, but after a week of work, I wanted nothing more than to rest on my couch with Grey's Anatomy and all all the snacks. Now, if you've watched Grey's Anatomy before, you know that there's like a million different seasons with a million different episodes. I didn't realize how long the seasons were. And so back in my first trimester was when I started the Grey's Anatomy binge. And I'm now only just reaching the final season. I feel like I haven't watched anything else but Grey's Anatomy this entire pregnancy, which is hilarious. Anyway, so during my second trimester, I actually cut my hour-long morning walks down to sometimes just a 20-minute or half-hour walk. And sometimes I would sneak an hour-long one in on a Sunday to sort of counteract the couch potato lifestyle. But during this time, I really dropped to moderate levels of physical activity in order to keep up with my teaching schedule, which is a massive step for someone who usually moves their body quite vigorously every single day. Um, for example, my teaching schedule has dropped from five solid days of teaching to three, which, like I said, is just so strange for me. Um, but on the days that I haven't done a huge amount of movement, I've made sure that I've done some stretching. So I feel so much better after rolling out the mat and just following along. I actually, look, I'll admit, I actually follow along to some of my more relaxed 12-week adult ballet course body conditioning videos or just like I said one of the butter ballet online classes which are really safe to all do at home um is it strange that I follow along to myself giving me instruction I don't know but it works for me <laughs> at least I know I'm getting a very safe class that I know it's coming yeah <laughs> Um, but besides that, I make sure I drink plenty of water every day. I do my daily pelvic floor exercises. I expose myself safely to sunlight, especially that morning sunlight, and enjoy relaxing into just a slightly more restful mode when I can. Um, if you're familiar with my famous Peace and Players checklist, you can see I'm basically ticking off those really simple things to feel as good as possible. And it's funny that a lot of people told me that second trimester is the easiest and best of them all, but I've actually found that I'm thriving and feeling far better in my third. Just goes to show it's so different for everybody and you really can't, you know, predict what's going to happen. But during the second, I almost hit a point where, if I'm really honest, I felt a little bit depressed through the middle of last term. And I was Googling things like, is prenatal depression a thing? And if, you know, if that was a thing, it turns out it is. And when I told my obstetrician this, she did a quick blood test and found out that my iron levels were dangerously low. So after an iron infusion, I actually felt a million times better. And I'm literally at this point in time, full of energy the past couple of months. And this is why it's a 
really important to tell your healthcare providers how you really feel and be follow their instruction um, by doing those two simple things. It has just made a huge difference. Like if I hadn't have said anything and tried to be proud and not told her how I was really feeling, she would have never done the blood test. She would have never found my iron was super low and I'd be in a real pickle <laughs> right about now. Um, let's go on to the next question. So what will maternity leave look like for you? Asked by a fellow small business owner. I feel you. I see you. Okay. So I've sort of already answered this question a little bit here and there throughout these questions, but if we get down to the details, the nitty gritty maternity leave for me looks like this. So baby boy is being born during the holidays, unless he comes out very early. Um, A lot of people have asked if I planned for this, but I absolutely did not. I wish I could tell you that I was that clever and my body is that reliable. It just so happens his due date is right in the middle of the school holidays at the end of term two. The reason I know exactly when he's coming is because I'm actually having an elective cesarean. So when I was a little girl, I was actually really sick. My ureters um, were all poorly positioned and it led to many kidney issues and a very serious surgery. So fun fact, I actually have a huge scar that runs just above my pubic bone, which is about 15 to 20 centimeters in length. So you can imagine how big that scar looked on a little six-year-old, which was the age when I had um, the surgery to correct my, what's a better word than tubing? (laughs) Yes. Um, But in a nutshell, this has led to some pretty scary moments in my 20s when my kidneys have not functioned at 100%. Um, some pretty scary hospital visits, but it was actually mostly when I wasn't looking after myself very well, funnily enough. And I was always warned that pregnancy could be a little complicated down the track. So, you know, so far I feel amazing, um, but I'm not allowed to go past my due date because of the pressure that baby would place on my kidneys. And it would just be a really bad thing if I was to need an emergency cesarean um, due to just my previous surgery and scarring. So the recommendation is um, a planned one so that they can go in carefully and considered. And at the end of the day, like we all just want a healthy baby to come out safely. So I've taken on their recommendation. And I mean, the fabulous thing about this decision is that I can actually form a pretty good plan for my business. Although I'm fully aware that you can't plan everything. Like I get that. He could come early and my plan will be thrown out the window No, let's just face it. It'll be enacted earlier. But a positive is that I'm being forced to ensure that I have the space for six weeks off, which is the recommended recovery time after a Caesar. I will have one week of school holidays and five weeks, if everything goes to plan, of term three, in which I will not have to teach a single class if I don't want to. The plan even allows room for... um, if I feel like I need it a little bit longer than those six weeks. So I have at the moment, the lovely Roberta who teaches our Monday morning adult ballet class here at the studio covering my Tuesday and Wednesday morning classes. And then the gorgeous Miss Meg, who I previously mentioned will be taking my evening adult ballet classes, um, which is great. She'll have a great time teaching adults. I've 
sort of pushed her in the deep end. She takes our adult exam class this year and that's been a huge learning curve for her. And um, so she's ready. She's ready for the next challenge of taking open adult ballet classes and she'll do amazing. And as a special treat, I have arranged for the lovely Rani Luther, who we usually just have in as a guest and guest on the pod. Um, she's going to take my advanced classes on Thursday mornings for five weeks. So that's like my little gift to my dance community. Um, and I hope that everyone takes, um, takes me up on that offer and books into Rani's classes because that will never happen again. (laughs) She's a beautiful, um, beautiful woman. And, um, I know those Thursday mornings will be very safe in her hands. A little treat for my adults on a Thursday morning. But in regards to the GC dance school age classes, there was kind of no way I'd be able to jump into teaching contemporary or jazz classes right away. So it was really a must that we found someone who was versatile in not only ballet, um, but also contemporary and jazz to essentially be me for the rest of the year on Tuesdays, which is hard to find. But I did find oh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I found two very amazing options. One of them being already a beloved teacher who already works here at the studio. Shout out to Miss Courtney. And the students will be really happy in term three and four to begin their concert work in very capable hands. See, that's the thing. I've just had to take care of in term one and two all their technique. And then in term three and four, that's when we get stuck into concert work. So the kids will be having a blast. They won't miss me at all. <laughs> Now, um, of course, I'm going to pop in all the time. I mean, this studio is my first baby, so try keep me away. Um, And I'll be overseeing ballet exams and some special workshops that we have coming up. But I'm really proud of working hard to give myself some space and grace during this time instead of just jumping back in when I'm not ready because no one wants a teacher that's not in the right frame of mind anyway. And my plan allows me to step back in when I'm ready, but also keep an eye on everything. And I've worked really hard on ensuring that our community, our families and our students know that I'm leaving them for really such a short period of time when you think about it (laughs) in incredibly capable hands. Um, Courtney, Meg, Roberta, Rani, uh, lovely Haley, who's joining our team. Such capable hands, really capable hands. And of course, our lovely Miss Nikita, who just does a lot of a lot the behind the scenes that no one sees and just so grateful. But yes. And of course, though, Sharon will be holding down the fort, my mum, and I honestly don't know what I'd do without her. So that is how maternity leave is looking um where are we up to how have you felt about your body during pregnancy so this is the last question i've been talking for a while okay so i love this question and i placed it last because i think my answer is really important i am so thankful for putting in the work over the last let's say five years to reach a place and stage in life where I'm actually just so confident in my own skin. The work like wasn't easy at times. And at times I still, you know, fall momentarily into a negative mindset. I'm only human, but I recognize this so quickly now and snap myself out of it before it becomes a thing. 
And if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you may remember me asking and exploring with guests their experience of motherhood. And I've actually brought it up many times on the pod because I was always curious about how pregnancy affects dancers who rely so heavily on their bodies and usually have some body confidence issues. And surprisingly, most answers were that they loved pregnancy and were fascinated by how their body was changing and they weren't confronted by it. And it and I never really understood that until now. Um, by the way, if you can hear some tip-tapping on the floor, Daisy, our studio dog, has been asleep next to me this whole time and now she's decided to wake up and sneeze and walk around and make noise. Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> I only had like five minutes to go. Anyway, I remember asking um, Lucinda Dunn about her pregnancy journey, if you remember that. Um, I asked her what her pregnancy journey was like whilst maintaining being a principal with the Australian Ballet. And she said she just loved being pregnant and watching her belly grow. And to be honest, I feel exactly the same way. I don't love pregnancy enough to want to do it again, <laughs> but I've certainly... I certainly enjoyed this period of slowing down, um, being incredibly mindful of every little change and really fueling my body knowing that it's just, it's not just making a decision for me, but also for him. Um, it's really interesting. Pregnancy for me, I think the biggest takeaway and the loveliest part of it has actually been that it makes me stop and become very present for little moments throughout the day. So when I feel him moving, I place my hands on my belly and I just don't do anything else. I just breathe and I just feeling moving around. And and before I know it, 15, 20 minutes has passed. <laughs> it's crazy. And then when he stops moving, I get back on with my day. Um, and at the end of the day, because obviously um, they move around a lot at night, just as you're about to try and go to sleep, and I just have this, these incredible moments of feeling really present. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's just like connecting with him. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just been really nice. But like I've said, I've been indulging in donuts if I want them. <laughs> but I've also become fascinated with this newfound meaning of fueling my body. And as I watch my bump grow, I truly am mesmerized. Um, it doesn't worry me. You know, not to say I don't have my days where I feel a little bit like a whale, but I'm certainly embracing this time. And I do think it has a lot to do with the deep work that I've done on loving myself and my body over the past few years. Um, I'm so glad I did that before pregnancy came along because I don't know whether I would have felt so content if I hadn't have done that work. Um, but yeah, so that's how I feel. And one final note. Um, I've been very conscious of how I speak about my body in front of, especially my younger students. It was only the other day that I was talking about how my weight placement has had to gradually shift for pirouettes, etc., with my teens. And when my tweens were looking a little lethargic in class, I told them that Miss George is literally creating a human and feels a little bit tired too. But if we have a good attitude, we can get through a beautiful class and still, you know, give our best and have a great time. And so it was really important to me that I didn't say things like, oh gosh, I'm enormous or I can't do that, you know, because I feel huge or look at this big fat belly, like which implies that 
it's all about what we look like and not the truly miraculous abilities that the female body has. So breaking cycles of negative self-talk with the next generation is really something that I think of often. And even though I'm having a boy, I'm really excited to bring this into the next stage of life with him because little boys need body positivity too. So yeah, so that's my answer to how have you felt about your body during pregnancy? Um, not only have I been thinking about my my own body in a really positive way, but just trying to um, showcase that in a really and highlight in a really positive way for my students, especially my younger students. So that is all the questions. I've been talking for a really long time. Before I go, I just wanted to say thank you for the questions and um, thank you for being so excited for me. I'm excited. Um, starting to feel very real now. And like I said, by the time this episode comes out, I'll be 36 weeks if he hasn't decided to arrive even earlier than that. And um, I look forward to, yeah, just becoming a mum, which is crazy. Um, Yeah, so anyway, I'm just, my head goes into a million different avenues when I say things like that, so... (laughs) Bear with me as I try and wrap this episode up. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the love. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast episode, if it was helpful in in any way, um, if you resonated with something, don't hesitate to send me a DM on Instagram at The Balance Ballerina or better still, subscribe and even better still, take a screenshot and share it. Um, on your socials it would mean the absolute world to me because as you all know this podcast is absolutely a labor of love and I'm looking at Daisy right now thinking she probably needs to go out to the bathroom do you need to go to the bathroom she's looking at me okay let's go then let me just wrap up my podcast okay thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you um, I won't see you you'll hear me in next fortnight's episode bye (laughs)